Good morning, my name is Yumiko. I'm one of the pastors here at Wellspring Church. And this morning, I'm so excited to worship with you. Um, and this morning, we're also excited. Well, I'm excited. Well, I don't know if I should be. Anyway, we are finishing up on the Galatians sermon series. I don't know if you remember, but about, I guess, two, well, I don't remember. In the end of September, we began this series and um, when we begin, we look at the very five verses of this letter. And we also look at the meaning of the gospel. And when we usually say the gospel, we often means personal salvation, right? Jesus died on the cross, resurrected, that changed my relationship with God, is what we think when we hear the word gospel. But... Um, if you remember, I'm going to repeat something I said in a first sermon. It's kind of weird to quote myself, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I'm going to quote from my first sermon. I wasn't being lazy. <laughs> so to quote, for people like Paul and Christians at that time, when they thought of the gospel, they weren't thinking about personal salvation or going to heaven. When they hear the word or thought of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Messiah, they meant the Messiah inaugurated the kingdom of God on this earth. And this is the good news, the gospel. End of quote. Again, it's weird to quote myself, but last time I'm going to quote it myself. <laughs> so what Paul preaches and what I and many people believe is the gospel, yes, includes personal salvation, but that's not all. When we say gospel, especially in this sermon series, we meant not just what Jesus did to me, but we mean the whole thing, right? Jesus died and resurrected, and I'm going to quote somebody else now, Brother David from his sermon, and he said, when Jesus died and resurrected, quote, made the world a fundamentally new place, end of quote. So with this definition of the gospel in mind, Paul wrote this letter to the churches in Galatia. And in his letter, he was responding to the question, who belongs? And Pastor Rebecca preached and said, all of us. Because we were declared righteous by God, regardless of our past and who we are. Pastor Rebecca affirmed Paul's teaching, affirmed that Paul says that we all belong. We all have place at God's table. And we don't get to that God's table by our own effort, by working hard. As Brother David taught us, Jesus' death and resurrection made the world a fundamentally new place and in this new renewed world the Holy Spirit is within us and what we share in God's community is that we all being transformed we all being renewed and transformed by the Spirit okay but what does it exactly mean 
right? So then Pastor Dan taught us, and unpack a little bit, say this group of transformed people is a new kind of family. And he gave us a lot of description of what that is. But I'm going to quote one thing, the very memorable quote, a quote Pastor Dan, a new kind of family is in unity with Jesus, but, quote, our differences are smushed into uniformity, the end of code. I don't know if you guys remember that, smushed. He was very proud of that choice of word, suggested by Pastor Rebecca. So that was uh, one way to look at what this, uh, what um, transformed by spirit mean. And in the past two weeks, Pastor Cheryl and Brother Larry took us a closer look at what happens within these new kind of family. Pastor Cheryl taught us the freedom to be in Christ enables us to be in one community even when we have a lot of differences. And Brother Larry last week invited us to examine ourselves reflecting on chapter 5 and asking us what it means to walking in the Spirit. How does a community of faith ought to walk in the Spirit? And in the next slide, you will see, um, that's the, I guess, answer for the fill in the blank if you are following along on uh, your bulletin. So that's what we covered in Galatians series. So to sum it up though, yeah, the preaching team brought this message through this series, which is because of the gospel, we all belong to God's family. We are transformed by the spirit and form a new kind of family who has the freedom in Christ and walks in the Spirit. That's a lot. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you noticed, but this is actually the sentence made out of all the titles of the each preacher's sermon, which we all came up on our own, but came out nicely, but it's very dense. There's a lot in it. Because there are lots in this letter. We spent quite some time on this letter and there are so many things that we actually didn't get to cover. That's how much packed in this letter. But if we were to boil down this whole series and a whole letter, I think it will come down to a verse in Paul's final remarks in chapter six. Particularly the chapter six, verse 15. Circumcision, you see, is nothing. Neither is uncircumcision. What matters is new creations. Other translations say slightly different way to reflect different get thoughts and an interpretation. Uh, NIV, New International Version, will say neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts what counts is the new creation. New Living Translation, it doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. What counts is whether we are being, we are, um, we have been transformed into a new creation. What matters in the end? is new creations. And Paul didn't make this statement lightly. Issues around circumcision, as some of the preachers in this series I mentioned, were a big deal to 
Gentile Christians and um, Jewish Christians at the Church of Galatia. It probably mattered as much, if not more, as any issues that divide Christians today. I don't know what issues came to my mind, but some of the examples I can think of would be um, some of the political or social issues like who to vote or human sexuality, what we think about that, what we think about abortion or racism, that divides Christians today. Just like those issues that we care deeply about today are. The issue of circumcision was challenging because it was impossible for people to meet in halfway or in the middle. It's either yes to circumcision or no to circumcision. There's nothing of like, oh, I can be both. There's nothing of sort. It has to be yes or no. Right? It was confusing because both sides firmly believed that they were right because they are the one who understood God's way. And it was painful, no pun intended, it was painful uh, because everyone at the church of Galatia took Jesus' command seriously to love God and love their neighbors. And at times, it probably felt mutually exclusive. Paul knew all of that, being well aware of that, to that question, loaded, convoluted, complex question of who belongs, Paul's response was, circumcision or not has no value, no benefit, no power over us because what matters is new creations. In the end, what matters, what decides, what has values, what has power over is the fact that when Jesus died on the cross and resurrected after three days, something significant happened. What matters in the end is on that time, the new creation happened. That's what matters in the end. And when we say new creations, again, we're not just talking about us. Jesus' death and resurrection not only changed me and you, but changed the entire world, right? Me and you and everything around us, everything we live in, everything in the past and present and future, everything. And just as we received the new identity in Christ, the world in which we live received a new identity, the God's kingdom. The world is not only created by God, but the world is also saved by Christ's love and now is in Christ. Just as us as a new creations are being renewed and transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus, the world, the rest of the creation, the whole creation is now being again renewed and transformed into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God here is what I'm talking about is the kingdom of God that Jesus taught us, in which we can read in the gospel. Uh, particularly in Matthew, I think it's clear what Jesus meant by the kingdom of God. 
For example, this is the world in which the poor receive great inheritance from God. The world in which where those who mourn are comforted. The world in which the humble are raised up and the hungry are and the one who is thirsty for justice is satisfied. That's the world. The whole world is now being transformed into, being renewed into. But obviously, I don't need to remind you, that's not how the world we live look like today. Right? The poor people remain poor, if not getting even more poor. The humble people, the people who are humble do the humble work, often neglected, looked down upon. The hungry people on the street remain hungry. Evil still has, there's a lot of cases, of, there are a lot of instances that we can think of, of evil and brokenness in our world, on our island, and probably in our lives as well. So it is easy for anyone to look around and say, you say God's kingdom is here? This world that we live in? Have you seen the newspaper today? Have you looked at the news? Have you heard so-and-so's news? How can you say this is God's kingdom? It's easy for people to dismiss the claim that Jesus changed something significant on the cross. What did Jesus cross do? How did Jesus heal my friend? How did Jesus change the world to be a more fair place, a loving place? It's easy to dismiss the case that Jesus' cross changed everything. I hear that. I understand. I think some of us do believe that because God loves this world, this world so much, that a God Jesus sent Jesus to this earth. Some of us believe that Jesus did die and Jesus did resurrect it. And some of us even believe that it changed everything. We believe that love of Jesus changed not just my relationship with God and not your relationship with God, but changed the whole creation. We believe God's kingdom is here not because of what we see, not because we see, the, we see clearly that God's kingdom is here, but we believe solely based on our faith. Because some of us do believe that death and the resurrection of Jesus and God's love have that much power. The impact of Jesus' cross goes beyond my personal salvation. And we believe that Jesus began the work of renewing and transforming this world, old world, into new world, new creations. And that's why, that's why what matters in the end is new creations. And this, what matters in the end is new creation, is one thing I'll like all of us to walk away with as we conclude this series. 
And I actually want you to um, walk away in a tangible way. So I wanted us to try memorize. I think we can do this. Memorize one verse. All the kids upstairs are memorizing the script and doing the skip fold out of this. So I think we can memorize one verse. It's the tiniest font that I pick. I'm so sorry. But it's basically the same passage. Uh, Galatians 6.15, I just present to you the three different translations. It all captures different essence as well. But if you have your favorite translation that's easy for you, pick one. Very simple. We're all smart. We can memorize this. Even if we forget where our keys are and our phones are, we can memorize one verse, right? So let's just try to memorize this word. Uh, one verse. Um, in or if you really can't trust your memory, then you can write it down somewhere so you see it every day. And I encourage you to walk away with this verse uh, because my prayer is that as you curve this memory in your verse, on your phone, wherever you want to curve it into, my prayer is that the verse will guide us to live differently. As we decide how to spend our money, how to raise our kids, how to live our retirement, how to love our neighbors, my prayer is that this verse will guide us and clarifies us what matters. You see, when people look at Paul, they knew not only that Paul was transformed into a new creation, but they also knew that Paul believed that a whole world is changed Paul seriously and firmly and undoubtedly believed that Jesus is the Lord that rules in the world which he lives in. And that's why, because of that conviction, when the Galatian church asked a difficult question of who belongs, he could speak clearly what matters is new creation. And I think it will help us to live differently, and to be able to say what matters is new creations if we memorize this verse. Because, you know, I don't know if you feel this way. Thanksgiving is not over yet, right? Not even here yet. It's this week, I guess, yeah. But it feels like, doesn't it feel like the whole world is telling us, hey, like, you late to do the holiday shopping already. Decorations up, sales are there. If you go to a mall, like when I go to a mall, go online, I feel like, oh my gosh, I need to start getting stuff for my friends and a family and myself and thinking about what can I get with my money for my friends and family for holiday gifts. In those moments, verses like Galatians 6.15 and people like Sister Kimi help us to pause. Kimi was up here a little while ago just to explain what she's involved in and how she's involved with the hugs. But when Kimi invites us to support Hug's effort to bring gifts to the families and the kids who are seriously um, uh, diagnosed with a serious illness and disease, she's inviting us to live differently. She's inviting us to live as we are in God's kingdom today. It's very simple because in the world where where and when Jesus rules as the king, he, when Jesus the only king that rules the entire world, people like Hugs families will be comforted and encouraged and not left to face their challenges alone. Organizations like Hugs gives an opportunity 
to make this kingdom of God a reality here on earth as it is in heaven. Our daily choices are an outward expression of our inward and invisible faith. With our daily choices, we make God's kingdom into a tangible, visible reality. And that's how we participate in God's building the kingdom of God and here on this earth. And when we do that, we're not just participating in God's work of building kingdom, we're also sharing the gospel, the good news. See, when to share the gospel, Many of you do such a wonderful job on praying for your people that you care about, inviting them and then building a good relationship, being an embodiment of Christ in their life, and hoping that they'll come to church, they'll come to the Bible study, they'll get to hear the gospel, and you get to pray the prayer with them, and they'll accept the Jesus Christ. And all of that is wonderful. And I think people on this island particularly I think do that so well and sincerely. But when we when we look at even the effort of evangelism through the lens of new creation, it helps us to see that's not all that we can do. There's actually more that we can do. Again, building relationship, praying for the friends, inviting them to Christian community, all important, reading the word, and helping them to understand what Jesus did, that's important. But when we, again, look at the evangelism, a new evangelism includes things like to share the gospel could also simply mean that we live our life as the kingdom God is already here. To share the gospel could also mean that we live life as it is in heaven, as we are in heaven already. To share the gospel could mean that we make decisions as Jesus is the king. To make daily choices, to live a life that reflects our faith, that we live under the lordship of Jesus, who refuse, who refuse to use the power as a currency of gaining the fame and achievement, who run away from the power when the world congregates around the power. Jesus Christ runs away from the power and runs towards the powerless to make a daily choices, to live a life that reflects that we live under this Lordship of Jesus who told us to feed the hungry, welcome the stranger, and to be present for the forgotten and neglected. By doing so, we are bringing the good news, the gospel, to literally everywhere you go, everywhere you are, everywhere you live. So, my invitation, encouragement, is to go. Go and proclaim this good news, the gospel, that God's kingdom has come. The good news, the cross of Jesus, has changed everything. And if some of you sitting here today do not believe, or kind of skeptical, this death and cross of Jesus and resurrection had anything to do with you, had any impact on you or the world, I hear that. Totally get you. I hope that you continue 
to explore that question, share the question with this community, in this community. And I hope and pray that you will, once in a while, consider the claims of Christ, claims that Christ's life and death and resurrection changed everything. And I hope that we as a community get to be part of that journey of yours because we believe because of the gospel, we all belong to God's family. We all are transformed by the Spirit, and we form a new kind of family who has the freedom to be in Christ, to walk in the Spirit. Because at the end, in the end, what matters is the gospel.